Once in a month, and better it be when the moon be full. This is Witching Around, the podcast which explores and celebrates modern day paganism and the community within. I'm your host, Regan Shanti. I'm a solitary eclectic pagan, a researcher, workshop leader, and author. Every episode, we will look at a specific subject and talk to others in the pagan community for their expert knowledge and thoughts. Hi everyone, hope you had a wonderful Samhain or Beltane, depending on which part of the world you're in. Uh, this month, I know this was supposed to be the first one that Jenny would be co-hosting with me. Life has got in the way and she's been unable to record this month. So it's just me again and I'm going to be talking to Kevin Gross, who is a man of many, many, many talents. And this has been such an intriguing episode to record. And I would highly recommend having notebook handy so you can take some notes. And so we're talking about staying on the track and what happens when you have a crisis of faith and you kind of feel like everything isn't quite what you wanted. Kevin's got so much stuff to talk about. And if you read A Path Laid Bare, this is quite a good companion to what happens next. But if you haven't, you know read it because it's really really good so anyways onto the podcast so we're speaking to kevin gross today and so for those people listening who are new to your name can you tell us a little bit about you and who you are wow labels wow nice <laughs> loaded question for this topic yep. actually uh, okay well I'll, I'll go with the general that i normally go with and we'll deviate from there i'm Cometic have been since childhood with a touch of chaos magic thrown into a writer and all sorts okay so for those people because you've got a mixture of people who listen to the podcast those who are completely new to it and people who are seasoned you will have met them at witch fest and all that um so for those who don't know what Cometic and chaos magic are would you like to define them sort of <laughs> <laughs> okay Cometicism is the practice of ancient egyptian magic and religion so quite a lot of people would have touched on most of the Egyptian deities in some ways, you know, big ones. But Kemeticism is, well, Kemetic Reconstructionism is trying to reconstruct those ancient practices. And Chaos Magic, well, that's a sort of a, a punk reaction to, well, punk-like reaction to traditional magical practices. It's, it's off the cuff. It's results-based. It's a little bit more um, looking at the detail and getting rid of the fluff of tradition. Not that there's anything wrong with the traditions. It's just that some of it you could probably see is not being useful or um, just fluff around the outside just to make things nice. Okay, so um, so I'm already deviating from my questions because I like delving into this. So we've had people like Moira Hodgkinson on before, and she talks about also not kind of sticking to the um, like sort of prescribed ceremonial magic and the kind of the rules that Wicca put on. So obviously you and Moira are very, very different people. So how would you kind of differentiate chaos magic from Moira's more free-flowing, free-form paganism? Well... I don't care about moon phases, astrological stuff. Mine is, I would say, a little bit sciencey based. I I sort of view magic as cause and effect and manipulating probability to make things happen. That's and then it's the magic comes into it is to manipulate the probability. So 
I like to use this kind of an uh, image, not that I do it, but think of doing magic via project planning tools. <laughs> okay. So you break down what you want as an objective into individual tasks that would be once if they were well when they're done will result in your objective so then you focus your magic onto those individual steps because they are small and finite you know if they work or not and if they don't work you probably need to tweak your magic a little bit to make them work and you hope that you get to there in the end now I've had various conversations with people actually even this year on this topic and yeah a lot of people probably do their magic not quite as clinical or <laughs> business orientated kind of way but you still may consider your magic to work in that way but mine's it's that like kind of obsessiveness over the small details to make the bigger picture happen. And because it's it can be viewed and monitored, then you know the results work. Also, we like to mess around with other things like sigil magic and, uh, and this is something else I don't quite like to say too much, but I am a writer, but I don't like words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as a writer i can i relate <laughs> I, I i'm I'm slightly dyslexic so that doesn't help but i tend to be more visual so with symbolic magic sigil magic um imagery visualization which is what i also do a lot of talks about that's where most of my magic comes so with those it's working with the mind more than having to worry about what phase of the moon it's at or whatever else most people use for their magical practice okay yeah so what i'm kind of gathering between like the differences that it seems the chaos comes from the rebellion rather than the planning whereas yeah. in case of moira and also myself a little bit is kind of okay what works what have i got i'll do that and let's see what happens we're more chaotic in how we form stuff well that's that yeah in some ways but the fact that you I strip away the sort of not fluff I hate using the word fluff but all the stuff that usually surrounds ritual practice and magical practice and say well does this work which is what you're doing yeah saying well has this worked well in a more analytical way I'm thinking why hasn't this worked what have I done wrong or not done I normally do like I normally do oh, well, I'll just change this and tweak it a bit. So it's being quite analytical and objective about your magical activities rather than being the subjective, oh, I've got what I need now and, yeah, everything's lovely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So <laughs> i actually finally push on forward. So this episode <laughs> is about staying on the path, which was your idea. So yeah. I've already we've already covered the first question of what your path is a lot. So let's go towards um, crisis of faith. Have you experienced one or several? <laughs> uh, a very long, prolonged one. Okay. So I think back in 2017, I decided enough of an, is enough. Things have to change with what I'm doing within my spiritual practice. At the time, 
I was running around like a loony with moots, several moots, festivals, events all over the place. And I don't think it, I, well, I'm not going to say it was a breakdown, but I was exhausted being everywhere, being involved, um, doing stuff with other people. And that was starting to take a drop, um, a bind because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Coupled with that was I'm being comedic as I've been for so long that my practices aren't very common. We're very few and far between and we're quite different. I don't cast a circle. I don't do out really outdoor ritual only except at midsummer, but summer solstice, how we view our deities and just relate to a lot of the magical and religious practice is quite different to sort of neo-pagan stuff from Greek period onwards that most people are dear to look at. So I was trying to fit in, well, not quite fit in. I was trying to, okay, I was probably trying to fit in with various groups, you know, joining in a circle, calling quarters, none of this stuff I do in my own practice. So I was beginning to find the feelings that, Am I being true to myself? Am I being true to this group that I'm sharing with? And if I'm not being honest, then am I bringing something bad? No one mentioned anything. And, and you know, I've been to lots of groups where they're all a different past. And OK, we don't all practice the same way. But in a group ritual, you do put some of that aside to some extent to get a common ground. But I was doing it way too much without really looking at my own path. And I thought, I just can't do this anymore. It's 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 wrong for all these groups. It's wrong for me. So I think it was that time, Samhain. Well, it was around Witchfest 2017 that I decided, or probably just already decided that I was going to withdraw from the community for a while and just try and work out who I am, what I am. Because I say I'm comedic. I got into comedicism in the early 90s. And at that point in the early 90s, there wasn't a lot of paganism books around. And the internet wasn't up to what we're up to now. So I had to find my own way. I encountered only a few pagans certainly no nothing no one comedic and so i've been on my own for most of the time until i encountered witch fest in i think it was 2010 and found there's like thousands of you out there way um so that's when i decided to fit in so it's been you know if it's 2017 that i decided to stop this several years or more of trying to fit in was mounted up so i withdrew I stopped going to moots and events and done a deep dive back into comedicism to try and find what I've been missing. Because in that time, with the advent of internet and more resources, 
I found a lot of things that I thought were I had nailed down in Comedicism that was completely wrong. Oh, interesting. And what do you do when you find out your path is you've totally misunderstood pretty much most of it? Do some decide stuff it i'll keep going as i am or do you stop and take on this new information there are some, you know we learn as we go and we always tinker with what we've learned but when it is fundamentally different and you've missed a huge huge area it's uh quite a crisis there luckily because of my interest in chaos magic and my general outlook of I don't really care <laughs> about, <laughs> you know, change happens. I will always go with the flow. I am prepared to just forget um, that this is a problem and just roll with what I've got as new and try and absorb it and deal with it. We have that kind of divide in some of the more well not, not mainstream but yeah the more sort of commonly practiced like it's all the wiccan side of it with Samhain as like we've all been celebrating it as a pagan new year for so long and then Ronald Hutton comes out with his book and says actually that was based on one person who just misheard, misheard some drunk people and actually it's not new year at all and that there's that whole thing of do we persevere with thinking of, of Samhain as our new year still because that's how we do it now or do we change change that throughout the window? And I personally threw it out the window because I also have a Hindu background, and Diwali is literally about the same time. This year it was like it was Monday. This Monday yeah. gone. So I have like a year that's literally spans a week. So yeah. I was quite happy to kind of do away with that. Well, yes, if, if you've got something that you can then re-divert as an alternative, and yeah, you don't feel that loss, then that's fine. And I had similar things like that. And for some, it is quite catastrophic and thinking, well, it's like quicksand. You've just gone. What do I do? It's. I think it's down to your personal kind of coping mechanism. <laughs> if it's that earth shattering as go with it, ignore it, or just try and mash up what you can, best you can do, and maybe in time, deal with it. So... I then deep dived during this period away and I found out loads of stuff. I've got so much material. I do not know what to do with now. Um, in that meantime, I actually managed to write a couple of books as well. <laughs> so using that material, partly to help me sort of pull together all this information and process it. And partly to help anybody else in a similar state. Some of those, well, only one's made it to print. I don't think any of the others will, to be honest, because they are really quite heavy text, and I don't think they're they'll they'll work for the general people, for anybody else really. But through that time, I then started to, to sort of come out the other end, thinking I had nailed this. I am definitely got my comedic side going. I think I know who I am. And then 2019, I resurfaced a little bit at Witchfest 2019 without really telling many people I was going. I was really there to see medieval babes, but then I decided I'd do a talk and, and <laughs> because, you know, it's, 
those urges never go away. And um, I thought, okay, I might, I might still have a way out. And then COVID hit. Yes. That did kind of put a span on the works for a lot of people. Well, it forced a few, that it introduced a few issues. One is that this room that I'm in is, well, it was pre-COVID, my temple space. I have all my deities, shrines all around here. No one else really comes in this room bar me. It's kept purified. It's down to a comedic thing. Um, so I was then forced to be in here. It was my work from home. Ah, oh, yes. Um, and that was a huge mental thing to overcome was that I've now contaminated my spiritual space with work. <laughs> yeah, so. I get that. My uh, Obviously, people on the who are listening won't see it because it was in your video. But yeah, behind me, is my home studio which yeah. started off as just a dance studio for me just to do my my work from my my school mm-hmm. and like film the odd rehearsal video and then it became my work from home space it became um my craft studio it's become my my religious space as well it's just everything's in there and actually the <laughs> i'm not in there right now because there is no space for me it's all just thrown in there yeah, pretty much mine, because mine's all craft stuff now with all the perfume and soap. In fact, I can't even move in this floor because I'm <laughs> I've got boxes ready to take with me to an event at the weekend. But so yeah, it 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 it's taken me a couple of years to get in my head how I'm gonna relate to this space again. And I'm never returning back to the office. So this is now permanent. I have to accept that. Yeah. So that was painful and I was in a bad space for a while trying to grasp how to deal with this but it also then allowed me to review again what I've encountered for the last two or three years of this um, exit. In that time I created a community for called Comedic Temple UK for comedics to try and come together because we're so few. We have a nice small community but I'm now coming towards the end of this and starting to return back to the community. Now the world's opening back up again for however long that happens. Who knows? <laughs> yep. That I'm coming to a different place in my path. I would say I was 50-50 comedic before this ex- time away. Went 100% comedic. Well, not 100 Uh, About 80%. There's still a lot of stuff within Comedicism I can't really get around. And I think now I'm probably 30% Comedic. I think, because for example, even today is a Comedic Festival for Hathor. And I'm not even prepared. I'm not even ready. In fact, I've only done one festival this year out of the 40 that I normally do. And that was only for five minutes when I did uh, my Midsummer Solstice Festival. Week on Saturday on the 5th or 6th is my biggest festival, which I might do something for. But um, I think most of the stuff that I do within Comedicism has now stopped. And I've gone back to where I was probably in the early 90s when I first went into the community. Because I feel that it's not working for me doing uh, festivals, doing ritual stuff. Comedicism is a really intense 
path. It is if you want to do it properly. And I don't have a no, not interested anymore. I have my goddess, my scorpion goddess, Elket, and I've been with her since childhood. I think even with the um, chaos magic side, that's dropped. I don't do much. I only use sigil magic when I need to. In fact, I've got one here right on my desk that I've been staring at for the last two years. That's been quite useful. So I think I've probably moved right back as far as paganism goes to almost not being pagan anymore, which is in some ways liberating. Strangely, strangely liberating because I don't now have the feeling of having to do, acknowledge a festival, having to acknowledge a deities. They're here all the time with me now. I can talk to Mm -hmm. them all day long if I have to. And often I do, which can get a bit weird for the family when they go past (laughs) the door. I'm having arguments with myself almost. But I think I've relieved a lot of the stress that an obligation that I had with comedic practice as i said i had 40 festivals and some of those were like 10 days at a time and i've not done any of that for like two years now so i'm i'm not sure i can say i'm comedic anymore i'm not sure where i am but i know where i'm going and it's interesting and i've posted this on facebook and i'm going to wave this out here now which you obviously ain't going to see if you're listening to it but for those that don't know me, I, I've kept a journal for, well, since 1990 of all my spiritual activity. My shelf is full of them. And Impressive. this... <laughs> I'm just well, thinking I about that. I haven't. I've got Books of Shadows, but, oh, I've not touched mine in a while. I saw it the other day when I was sorting through my crafting supplies and I was like, I haven't written in you in a while. I don't, I think the last time I might have written in it was before I got pregnant. So... <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing I I wrote about this in um there was a little bit in my path laid bear book where I mentioned around the birth of the kids that I only wrote one page a year for three years okay I feel better then (laughs) yeah and each page was me lamenting why I've not filled in the previous year (laughs) oh my god yeah i've got um, a lot of them it's like sorry i have not been updating lately things have happened precisely and that's what i got for my goddess is that things happen life goes on the deities are always there they got your back you come back to them when you're ready and this is essentially what has happened here for me is that with this journal which i started at the start of this separation in Witchfest 2017 I'm on the last three sides of A5 and what I do with every journal I write in the big at the front on the front page an objective for that journal oh that's a good idea it it keeps me focused or as focused as I can possibly get (laughs) and that when I reach the end, I review what if I reach that objective and then I set another objective for the next journal. It doesn't matter if like with one journal, I filled it in a year. Others like this, 2017, and I'm only just about to finish it in the next week. So it, it, it's part of a journey. 
and it's a documentation of those journeys. So on the 5th or 6th of November, whenever it is my festival, you know, it's the biggest festival I've got of my year, and I don't know what day it is. That's that's <laughs> telling. That, that is seriously telling. And I feel that's very pagan. Well, yeah, and that, <laughs> you know, life goes on. But um, I think that coming out of, well, I'm, I'm not going to say I've come out of paganism. I am still pagan. I am still comedic. I'm still chaos magic. Those things are all part of me, but they're not going to control me anymore. They're not going to be the primary reason I do things. I'm not going to revolve around all of it anymore. I've got a few things that are going on that, well, one, uh, the storytelling. Again, for those that have don't know me, I've done a lot of talks at Witchfest and other Children of Artemis events and the PF and all of that over the years. And anyone who's experienced, I'm going to say experienced my talks, <laughs> they are a bit chaotic. Yes, like, uh, I'll agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I go everywhere, mainly because I have an absolute fear of public speaking. And to overcome that anxiety things get a little bit out of hand yeah I get that I get that sometimes as well which I which I know is weird because I'm a teacher but I do find yeah when I'm trying to be confident about something I do just talk and just keep going and sometimes people have to rein me back yeah so that I've stopped sort of doing planned talks now and in 2019 in between like just before Covid hit I started to explore storytelling as a an alternative to public speaking, mainly because with a story, and this is the problem I have, is I don't stick to my script when I'm public speaking. I ha- I do actually write them down as bullet points, but I never yeah. stick to them. But with a story, you've got to. Yeah, that's true. So I thought that'll either... Find me a whole new thing I can learn or it will help with public speaking and keeping to script. But I've enjoyed storytelling so much that I'm going off. Well, actually, I'm doing one at this weekend and I did one last weekend for Sprig and Miss um, and Atlantis Bookshop soon when that can happen. Yes, I've uh, seen the struggles of getting that organised. Yeah, well, hopefully that work. And then I've got Edinburgh Fringe and I'm at Witchfest Midlands. Yes. Yay! I shall be doing some storytelling too. Um, so I found that as well as sort of perfume making and so on as another means to express or explore my spirituality in that the slot, most of the bulk of the storytelling is ancient Egyptian stories, which I've worked with for decades, part of my life. And so I'm honoring the deity with telling that and sharing that and I think that's a good thing and the perfume stuff well I originally started doing that with ancient Egyptian perfume recipes so I'm honoring in that way Um, there's also another sort of subtle aspect to the perfume stuff that I don't talk about too much is that the perfumes that I created are symbolic of my deity triad so they actually do have a spiritual aspect from my point of view yeah I get that so I use those for anointing statues every now and again. 
and that the, the Egyptian deities are said to smell sweet and fragrant. So the fragrance of perfume, when I fill this room, because this is where I'm manufacturing it, <laughs> I'm filling the <laughs> temple space with all sorts of weird smells. Don't you deities like that? <laughs> so, um, so I'm taking a different route to expression and acknowledgement of my spirituality. And I'm finding those are making me a lot happier. Means I don't, I'm probably not going to ever go back to being a, a comedic with full temple process and all the other stuff that gets involved. But yeah, it is, and it is, a, and I'm certainly going to be a pagan with a very, very tiny subscript P. I think. Yeah, I mean, you've got to do what works for you because there's no point pushing ahead with a path that no longer fits you. No, no, you know, I, I've I've changed a lot over the years. As I said earlier, that when I first got into paganism, there wasn't a lot of material, so I tended to like pick up the classic stuff like Crowley and all those western traditions and ceremonial magic which didn't work because didn't fit me and then chaos magic kicked in and then i put a little bit of druidism in because i found that and so yeah you do mix and match and go with what you feel is useful but at the core that's where i was struggling yeah so you've mentioned your books a lot so i think our listeners will want to know where can we find your books wolf and howl press the wonderful Tuttle and Penry. She's yep. got some fantastic stuff there. You've got a few of mine there or on my website at houseofkia.co.uk where I will sign them. And, oh. uh, and of course, if you see me around, I don't mind being accosted to sign. <laughs> <laughs> I no doubt will bring some to Witchfest Midlands when I'm there. Awesome. And you have, as you said, a, a few different side hustles. So well, I can call it side hustle. It's more part of your your career and your path. Uh, where can we find your perfumery? Right, perfumepureritual.uk, also on houseofkia.co.uk. Oh, and on Veld Market. Must oh yes, Veld Market. Yes, that'll make Kappa very, very, very happy. Yes. <laughs> yes I forgot <laughs> you were on there as well. Yes, and the books are on there too. Yes. So, but they won't be signed. Oh no, they will be signed because I'll be sending them. Yay! Yes. I've got no idea where I am. <laughs> um, and also, do you you do some of your storytelling and put it online, don't you? I do. Um, on my YouTube channel, the link will be on the houseofkia.co.uk because okay. I think it's a weird name or it hasn't got a name on YouTube. Yeah, well, I think they're just like bringing in that you can have like a, a name on there now. But yeah, it's usually yeah. just a bunch of garbled numbers and yeah. letters. So, yeah, I, I usually record um, like all my um, performances for Edinburgh Free Fringe are on there and um, pretty much anything else I might do. need to do some more. I've got a few more to go. I've got to have to re record the Spriggan. Um, I did the Spriggan's Ghostly Tales last weekend and I did a couple of stories there, which I might need to do a recording for. By the time this goes out, you will have already done the event. But where are you going this weekend? I'm off to Airy Ferry in Sheffield. Oh, nice awesome. little shop. So um, doing a perfume workshop there all day and then storytelling in the evening. Oh, that's so cool. 
damn me living too far away to go. <laughs> yeah, so well, I'll no doubt shout about when I get a land um Atlantis bookshop up and running. Where can we find you on the socials? Oh, I'm on Facebook. Um, if you search for Kevin Groves, that'll probably get you. Um, or if you just go to the house of um house of kia.co.uk, that will I think I've got all my links there as well. Okay. Um, pretty much everywhere. I, I I've made it so easy to find over the years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good thank you for coming on to this interview today thank and you and i hope everyone enjoyed it i think i've i've got loads of brilliant ideas now so yes yeah, so i hope <laughs> it, hope everyone feels inspired excellent thanks very much and thank you everybody thank you thanks again to kevin for your awesome interview and i really hope everyone enjoyed it so i've got a few little bits of housekeeping to do before we close the podcast this month we are only a few weeks away from the Witchfest Market in Feltham, which is on November 19th. The advance tickets are sold out. However, the entry to the market is free. So come along, do some awesome shopping. You can also catch me there as I will be there as a trader for my company, Ethereal Creations. Do come along and have a look at that and do lots of spending. And there'll be so many other amazing companies there. So do come and check it out. This hopefully will be the last episode of me flying solo. Jenny Cutler should be joining me as a co-host, but we'll play it by ear. We don't know what will get in the way of that, but we'll see. So lastly, we would love you to join us on the socials. So some of you already follow us. So for that, thank you. We are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search a witch's podcast follow us join the conversations and if you have something you would like to talk about or a subject you want us to cover on the podcast drop us a dm and we'd love to hear from you so i think that's everything this month so we will see you in december bye this has been witching around it was created and developed by reagan shanty and is sponsored by Witchfest. you can find us on facebook by searching witching around our intro-outro music is from The Ashes by Solas. Thank you for walking this path with me. Merry meet and blessed be.